it has been said that everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. I've noticed a similar phenomenon in marriage today. Marriage is a precious gift and an amazing blessing. Many of us long to experience this great joy, and rightfully so. Yet while many have the desire, far fewer are ready, once they find marriage, to embrace the full extent of what marriage is. We dream, hope, and yearn for the marital bliss we see on screen. But we resist anything that might threaten our own desires or freedoms in the process. We've subtly come to believe that marriage is more about self-gratification and less about self-sacrifice. Welcome, everyone. I'm Neil Parks. The letter to the Hebrews makes clear that only one person deserves to hold the primary place in our lives. Now, while we are busy idolizing our move up the corporate ladder or placing all our hopes in our kids, Jesus offers us a better position, a better priest, a better covenant, a better hope, and a better sacrifice. Only when we give Jesus his rightful place in our lives will everything else in life fall into the rightful place. Hebrews 13 and 4 says marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled. Get this next part. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Desperation for love is what drives mankind in this life. Now, the Apostle Paul paints a picture of marriage in his letter to the Ephesians that pretty much explains that instead of a selfish union, marriage at its core is designed to be a selfless union. Ephesians 5, 21 through 27. Talk about opposite of what we have now in 2023. You can see we can only understand it only when we compare it to the love that Jesus Christ has for his bride, the church. We know he gave himself up completely to make her his own washing her clean of all her impurity with water and the powerful presence of his word. Now, death to self, not personal gratification, is the center of marriage's gravitational pull. Sadly, we don't hear that enough, perhaps because it's so difficult to practice. What we see played out in entertainment and what our flesh craves by nature is a marriage that simply fulfills our own longings, furthers our own passions, and covers our own inadequacies. 
So many of us are or have been desperate for the promise of romance and emotional connection. If we aren't careful, we will let our flesh, our selfish desires, lead our pursuit of marriage instead of God and His Word. We come to believe that marriage is only worthwhile when we find, get this, the perfect husband or wife for us. Someone to meet our specific needs and complete our fantasies. The lost puzzle piece. The missing link. The other half of our heart to make us whole and satisfy us in ways we haven't experienced yet. Now, like the man in Proverbs 18, 1 and 2, we isolate ourselves from the wisdom and counsel of others and cast aside sound judgment. So whatever our sinful desires say, we must pray against going down this path in search of love. Death to self is the center of marriage's gravitational pull, not personal satisfaction. Paul exhorts believers towards a life of godliness fueled by joy in Christ and concern for others, not personal gain and fulfillment. So if this is true of how we should live toward all people, how much more toward our future? Spouse. True beauty, purpose, and satisfaction in marriage come when we reflect the true nature of the one that satisfies us completely and eternally, Jesus Christ. Jesus gives the purest picture of the life we are to live in marriage, showing that life blossoms when we use our lives to serve rather than to be served. By his life and death, Jesus displays the center of marriage as self-sacrifice. The glorious door of marriage swings on the hinge of Christ-like sacrifice. Our earthly marriages exist to be glimpses, mirrors even, of the beautiful relationship between Jesus and his bride. In other words, how we act in marriage must mirror how Christ has acted towards us. When we sacrifice for our spouses, our marriages produce sweet gospel aromas to the world, as well as sweet reminders to our own hearts. The aim for marriage is not for our spouse to satisfy our every longing. That's Christ's job. Knowing he has met all our needs and fulfills us completely, we can freely give ourselves away. I like what John Piper and how he explains this beautiful truth in one of his writings 
titled This Momentary Marriage. Piper says, Marriage is meant by God to put that gospel reality on display in the world. That is why we are married. That is why all married people are married. Constant gratification, my friends, will never bring lasting joy, and it will rob us of true happiness in our marriages. In its place, as we sacrifice ourselves for our spouse, we let the true light of marriage shine. We want our marriages to be less about us and more about Christ. You see, radical sacrifice was the centerpiece that brought great sinners a glorious redemption. And it is the centerpiece that will bring marriages the greatest joy, the deepest pleasure, and the truest purpose. For joy, Christ gave himself in our place. That's Hebrews 12.2. So let it be for your joy that you sacrifice for your spouse, present or future, pouring yourself out, forsaking your rights for the sake of another, all for the glory of Christ. So, bottom line, we want our marriages to be less about us and more about Christ. I say, let's pray. Father God, we just come before you once again. We come needing more of you. We come knowing that you have given us grace, that grace that we needed to be saved, to be with you forever. You have created your bride. Before you ever created the world, you knew that bride and who she would be. So, Lord Jesus, we just come before you. And we just lift you up as you are the example of a husband to her bride. Father God, the church is the bride. We thank you and love you and praise you. In your precious name, Jesus, amen and amen. Well, my friends, until next time, Maranatha, I'm Neil Parks. (laughs) 